0: Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats from NC State University's Career Development Center, the only podcast dedicated to providing NC State students with current, relevant, and thought provoking ideas that will challenge you to think about your future. Whether you want to know more about what hiring managers are really thinking, or you just need to hear an honest and encouraging story about overcoming obstacles to reach your goals, we've got you covered. Wolfpack Career Chats is just one of the many services we provide. Whether it's career fairs, on-campus interviews, co-op opportunities, or more, we are here for the pack. Hello, and welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. I'm Marcy Bullock, and today I have a guest interviewer, Jillian Lewis. She is a sophomore here at the home of the Wolfpack, NC State University, and she is studying business with a concentration in entrepreneurship. She's going to be owning something very important one day and probably be CEO, boss lady, but right now she's going to be interviewing our guest, which is Ali Locchiato and Ali has an exciting background that Jillian is going to be talking about. Um, Jillian's my teaching assistant. She did an exciting year in Australia has done a fantastic internship and I'm going to turn the podcast to you, Jillian. All righty.
1: Thank you, Miss Bullock, for introducing me and welcome to our guest Ali Locchiato. Hello. It's <laughs> great to have you here. Great to see you again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Anytime. You said you love being back on the college campus, so we welcome you back whenever, yes. whenever
2: you can come. <laughs> it's been 10 years since I've graduated, which seems insane, so I miss college a lot. Yeah, well, well the best is yet to come. Yes, That's what right. they say.
1: So um, why don't we start off by a little introduction. Tell us about where, you, where
2: you're from, what you do, sure. what you're up to. So I'm Allie. I recently moved to Raleigh from California. I lived in San Diego, originally from Boston. I work as a business and technology consultant for Vans. And I don't know if you guys have heard of Vans, but they're the shoe company. They're very similar to, I guess, Nike or Reebok. They make skater shoes. Um, And I've worked there for about four years. And I've been in the consulting business for about nine years, which is crazy. Um, But as well as that, I have a very successful personal style blog called Alleywares, where I document my personal style, fashion on a budget, beauty, um, travel, and it's kind of just a reflection of my life, like an online portfolio of sorts. So I've been doing that for seven years, and I've learned how to kind of... Work both jobs in parallel and be successful in my career as well as kind of make my hobby a profession and make money off of it, which has been great. So, yeah, here I am in Raleigh. I I relocated. My boyfriend lives here. We're doing long distance. So, I moved here, and my job let me work remotely. So, I still work for vans, but I work from home, which is cool. Gets a little boring. But, (laughs) and then on the side, I do my blog and, um, Yeah, I do both jobs and work from home and loving Raleigh.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Um,
2: You know, what I love most about you is that you are obviously
1: incredibly successful in your career, Mm -hmm. but you also make time to follow your passions, which I think a lot of people, once they enter the workforce and they start that nine to five, they forget about doing their side jobs. So how are you able to make time to uh, pursue that passion of blogging?
2: Yeah, so I think a lot of people can get wrapped up in their nine to five, and I think it's so important, even if you do find yourself in a career path, to also spend your free time doing things that you love. So I love fashion, I love photography, I love writing, so I thought starting a blog would be the perfect avenue for that. So. Whenever I have free time, I work on it. And blogging's not easy. I mean, I work with brands, and I'm creating content, and I'm on social media, and I'm updating my website, and I'm trying to find new brands to work with. And even though I treat it as a job, it's still fun for me. I like that stuff. I like learning about how to run a business and being an entrepreneur. And um, a lot of things I do in my career kind of overlap with blogging. So. It's only me and my blog is not going to go anywhere if I don't put the time and energy into it. So it's important for me to make time for it. I, since I work from home, I can work on it in the morning, work on it at night during my lunch break, but I make sure that I am fulfilling all my tasks at work because work pays the bills and my hobby kind of comes second um, because it's just for fun. So yeah, yeah, forcing myself to find the time weekends, you know, I'm out shooting content and, Turning down a happy hour with friends so I can get good lighting for my pictures, as weird and crazy as that (laughs) sounds, but that's what's required to have a successful blog, especially in the blogging world. There are hundreds of thousands of bloggers out there now, so I really have to stand out from the rest.
1: That's awesome. So I can imagine it's very difficult to kind of cut through the noise, but you do that very well. You know, your job pays the bills, your uh, blog feeds your soul. So that's amazing. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got to this point? What was your college experience like?
2: Sure. So I was a math major. I was interdisciplinary mathematics with an economics concentration and a business minor. It's a mouthful. But (laughs) I started off civil engineering. I really liked... Um, the math aspect of it, and I started off as civil, and I realized that was not my thing. I wasn't into learning about septics, you know, tanks and sewers and all that. So I switched over to math, and I did three and a half years of that, graduated with that degree, and really had no idea what I wanted to do. I loved business, I love being creative, hence the blog. So I wanted to go into kind of a marketing realm, but I was really lost. Um, but, yeah, I, I loved – I learned a lot of business analytical skills being a math major. I had the best time in college. I felt like, you know, I, I studied, but I still partied, and I made great friends, and I kind of I, – I just had a great experience overall, um, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I graduated, but – Yeah, college was a great experience. It set me up for success. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. It's good to have that work-life balance. Yeah. So do you have any advice for us as we are still
2: studying in college? What would you recommend we do with our time here? So we talked about this. Mm -hmm. And looking back, um, it's been 10 years since I graduated. And college really is a blur. And it goes by so fast. In 10 years, you guys are going to look back and be like, where did college go? So what I wish I did is I wish I really didn't spend so much time getting good grades and studying for the exams, as important as that is, but building relationships. like I wish I reached out and built relationships with my professors that would carry on beyond college. Um, I don't really talk to anyone at UNH. I'm involved with the alumni program, but not as intensely as I wish I was. So I wish I really focused on those relationships, those connections, because it's all about who you know once you graduate. Um, The more connections you have, the better. Getting a new job, um, getting recommendations and referrals. So I would put the time and energy to really figure out who you like, whose teaching styles you like, what kind of courses you like, and help that navigate you through college, because you can always depend on those people. They're always going to be there for you, even post graduation. Um, some more advice, more internships. I know we were saying that. I only Those did important. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I only did one internship and it was for a marketing intern at a financial company. And internships are great because A, you learn what you like and what you don't like. But B, it looks great on your resume and that's what you want. I think I would have, it took me a, almost a year to get a job out of college. And I think if I had internships, maybe two or three, I would have gotten a job much quicker. So definitely, even if it's a month, your whole summer, paid, unpaid, I would do as many internships as you can do because it helps you figure out what path you want to go after college.
1: Right, that is great advice. And it's kind of intimidating, you know, asking, putting yourself out there and networking and asking Mm -hmm. for those internships. So do you have any advice on your best way that you overcome those fears and put yourself out there?
2: Yeah. So as in terms of what, like professionally, you know, with your professors, if you really like
1: his teaching style, how do you have the nerve to go up and say, do you have any opportunities?
2: Well, you might as well ask the most, like the worst they can say is no. It's kind of with blogging too. It's like I approach companies that I want to work with. And the worst thing they can say is no, I don't have an internship. I don't know anyone. Um, But I mean, looking online is a great resource, LinkedIn. I don't know if any of you guys have a LinkedIn profile, but I would have one now and list the classes you're taking, maybe some papers that you've written if you don't have jobs to put on there, um, the jobs you work in the summer, your internships, but having a resume, more connections you can, you can make the better, reaching out to people, looking online, um, asking friends, family friends um, doing research. Did that answer your question? Yes. I kind of forgot what your question was, but it was how
1: to put yourself out
2: there and you answered it very well by the worst
1: thing people can say is no, which is a great attitude to have.
2: And, and it's good if people know that you're looking for an internship, then they have you in the back of their mind and they may, you know, a conversation may come up down the line and they know the perfect person for it. And that
1: could be you. Right. Exactly, so can you tell us about your time after college? I know it's kind of scary once you've graduated, Mm -hmm. what do you do next, so can you tell us a little bit about your process of landing a job?
2: Yeah, so it was hard because I didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I spent months looking online. I remember, um, this was I think before LinkedIn was even a thing, (laughs) so I was looking on Craigslist for jobs, and um, I really couldn't find anything. I thought I wanted to go into marketing, I liked business, I liked being creative, I had a math degree, and I found a job on Craigslist for a business analyst at a small startup in Cambridge, Massachusetts, um, and they were building custom web applications. So it was in the technology field, and I took that job, and I remember telling you it was the hardest year in my career. My boss, um, he was very hard. I was going to say he was a jerk. He was a little bit of a jerk, but <laughs> it was... I wasn't used to working the nine-to-five. Um, it was my first job. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was you know, kind of a, a little fish in a big sea. Um, he had, I think, very high expectations of me. Um, I left that office every day wanting to cry. It was just really hard. But he has taught me everything I know. So he, I ended up staying there for four years. And we were a small company. We started off with three employees. I was the second. So there was me, a girl, and him. And by the time I left, we had eight employees, and I was there from the beginning, and I helped grow the company. I wore so many hats. That really kick-started my career in c- consulting. I learned so much about technology, IT, business analyst skills, documentation, how to talk to a client, how to gather requirements, which is a huge um, role for BAs. And from there, I just went on to bigger and better consulting firms and it's it's crazy in the thick of it. I was so scared and worried that I would fail being it, it being my first job and you know, working for a boss that was very hard. But now I look back and I have really tough skin because of it. And he taught me everything I know when it comes to technology and business. So Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: So what are some ways that you developed that tough skin? I don't know if I'd be able to work for a boss for four years. That yeah. made me want to cry every day.
2: <laughs> yeah, so um, I think it was more not necessarily him making me want to cry, but me being disappointed in myself and feeling like I wasn't good enough at my job or I wasn't impressing him or I set myself to a high standard and I wanted him to know I was capable of it. So of course, I never like talked back and I always was open to his advice and his criticism and learning from him. Um, And he ended up seeing how great I was and kind of loosening the reins a bit. And I was just Showing him that he can trust me and that I was capable of what he was expecting. Um, You know, anything, any task he gave, I took it with open arms. I never put up a fight. I went in early. I stayed late. I worked a lot longer than eight hours a day, but I proved myself. And I think that's what he was looking for. Um, And I think I'm sure you guys will have a boss someday that expects a lot out of you. And instead of falling short you should try your best to meet his expectations or her expectations um and be the best you can be because that only sets you up for success in the future and every other job i had
1: That's so true. It sounded like it kind of paved the way for what you do now, which is a very successful role in consulting for Vans. Yep. So I know we hear the term (laughs) consultant a lot of the times, but I personally don't really know what that means. So can you tell us what you do on a day-to-day basis?
2: Um, Sure. So I work for Vans Customs website, so you can customize your own Vans, kind of like you can customize your own Nikes. I think a lot more people are on the Nike site than the Vans. But when I was in California, Vans is huge. There's a lot of skaters there. But I work on the back end. So I work with Vans, the client, and then I work with a team of developers. And I'm kind of the middleman as a consultant. So I meet with the Vans team and they tell me what they want the website to look like, how they want it to, you know, act, what kind of functionality they want to implement. And I document all of that. And it sounds very high level, but it's Very detailed to to like the color of the button or like what kind of swatches, um, what pattern the swatch is, getting that image of the swatch. It's it's. All you see is the front-end website working, a cool shoe that turns around, and you can add your print and patterns to it, but it's very detailed behind the scenes. So I get all of those requirements from the client, and then I work with the development team to make sure they develop them, design them as expected. So I do a lot of documentation, user flows, um, process flows, a lot of QAs, so quality assurance, reviewing what the developers are doing, making sure it's... The client's gonna like it, um, a lot of back and forth. But a lot of my days are spent in meetings. Um, right now, I'm working on a cool project, Custom Culture, that allows the whole world to submit their own design and there's gonna be one winner. They win like a million dollars and then Vans manufactures the shoe and I'm working on the back end of that website with a whole team. So So do you have
1: to go through all the different entries and find the best one or is that someone else's job? Yeah, (laughs) so that's
2: the Vans team's job but I'm basically building the website so you can upload, you know, you have a template of your shoe and you can draw a design on it and you take a picture of it with your mobile device and that uploads into the system. You can see it on a three D model, so it looks very realistic. And then it's submitted into the competition. And you know, there's dozens of regions taking place. Um, so yeah, and then they pick a winner from each region, I think, or maybe it's in the entire world. But but That's it's awesome. either way. It's very yeah. cool. It's You'll f- have
1: to let us know the link for yeah, that for so sure. we can submit our ideas. So I know you do a lot of I.T. work, which Mm -hmm. is something that's so important because technology is only getting bigger and bigger. So what are some ways that if a student here on campus were to want to be involved in I.T., what are some ways that you would suggest we could do that?
2: Yeah. So there are so many online courses you can take. Um, There's so many like events you can go to to learn more about I.T. The thing about IT is it's not going anywhere, it's only gonna get bigger and better. So if you guys are interested in IT, that's a great field. Not only is it successful, but you're more or less guaranteed a job just with the way things are going with all these um, apps and phones and social media and all that stuff. Um, But doing your research, I know Raleigh has a lot of cool events that even I go to by myself or um, there's online courses you can take. Um, there's certificates you can also take to put on your resume as well as your degree. Um, internships, doing your own research, YouTube videos. I, I, even though blogging is a lot of like fun and photos, I mean, I'm learning how to use Photoshop and Lightroom and all that stuff and I have no idea how to use it. So I just go to YouTube and there's tutorial videos. So there's a lot of A lot of great content out there for you to learn about IT.
1: Definitely. That's awesome. So I actually read a quote the other day that said 15% of millennials have some sort of non-traditional side gig that they Mm -hmm. do like you with your blogging. I know that brings in some extra funds If people teach yoga on the weekends or do a craft store or on the Thursday night, whatever it may be. What are some ways that you suggest we kind of focus on following that passion and allowing the time to do that? And what are some ways that we could get involved with doing that, following yeah. our passions.
2: So um, I think first it's making the time for it. I think I personally like having multiple jobs. Um, even though blog's fun, I make money off of it, which is great, but it's also opened other avenues for me. So I do some freelance writing. I do some content creation for other brands. So it's, it's figuring out what you like. And I think... What's crazy is a lot of my friends graduate and they do nothing with their degrees. I mean, I am I do nothing with math now. I learned a lot from it and I learned the business side of things, but I'm not crunching any numbers at my job. Um, but it's really it's. It's what I learned from the blog that I also apply to my consulting gig and what I learned from consulting that I also apply to my blog. So I think there can be overlap. And the more time you focus on your hobbies and your passions, that could lead you down into a career. Like you told me you're interested in art galleries. Go out there and go to some art galleries. Talk to some people. I mean, talk to the owners. Just do what you can to get more involved with that hobby and passion. And maybe you can monetize it. That's In a perfect world.
1: Yeah. And do you think that your blog influenced your job at working at Vance? Do you think that helped you land the job? Yeah.
2: So they said they hired me because of my blog. (laughs) Because I more or less had an online portfolio. I built my website. I coded the back end. I set up an email list. I do all the social media. So they were very impressed. And I put it on my resume. uh, Even though it has nothing really to do with... um, I guess they do overlap, but when I was applying to IT jobs, you know, sometimes I would get nervous that they would see my blog and be like, this girl's into fashion. She doesn't apply. But um, that's that's basically what I do at Vans as I work on their websites. There is a lot of overlap. So, yeah, I think it was an online portfolio, like I said. Um, even someone photography, for example, Instagram's a great way to show off your your content and the images you take. So you can absolutely put your, I put my Instagram on my resume too. I have it on my LinkedIn. So, um, yeah. And sometimes, um, your online presence can kind of hurt you more than it can help.
1: Right. So what are some ways that you avoid having, um, some content that could hurt you by looking unprofessional?
2: So you have to be very careful what you put on the internet. Um, once it's out there, it's out there forever. So I, I only have one Instagram. It's my blog's Instagram, but I share some personal things, but I'm never doing things that could hurt me or that my client could see. I'm, you know, never like taking shots or um, raging or hungover or whatever. I'm, I'm keeping it very professional and social media is a, a awesome platform, but it can also be extremely scary. So you just have to keep it professional if you're going to be public and allow outsiders that you don't know to view it. Cause you can just simply Google a name and find that person, find out, you know, where they live and their phone number, which right. is so insane. But um, I know it's kind of scary what you yeah. can find about someone on the internet. So, but it's, it can um, also, you can also use it to your advantage. I mean, you could message a company that you're interested in on Instagram or find their email via Instagram and email them and reach out. I mean, social media is also a great tool to connect with people. So very true. Well, thank you for all of that lovely
1: advice. Yeah. I would now like to open it up to the audience to see if they have any questions, maybe about her time moving to Raleigh or just something that she's experienced. I have a
0: question. <laughs> all right. Great job, Jillian, on the um, yeah, on work. the interview. So we're going to move over to our first question from the live audience. Hi. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, what's the biggest obstacle that you faced uh, throughout your career and
1: both in your personal life as you've been moving through different cities?
2: Yeah. Um. My biggest obstacle would be. I think my first year out of college working for that boss that was very very hard for me. Um. I I, I doubted myself every day, but it also it pushed i pushed myself through it um and i came out on the other end stronger than before so um personally and professionally um let's see biggest obstacle i think for me even just moving to raleigh and working remote i had to prove myself again working for vans i was i actually went into vans and i was planning on quitting because i was moving here and i was willing to find a new job here and they said that they wanted to keep me on the team, so they let me work remote. And that is a huge feat, I guess you could say, letting one of your in-person consultants that you see on a daily biz- daily basis move all the way to the East Coast from the West Coast, a three-hour time change. I mean, are they still going to work our hours? Are we going to still talk to them every day? So I had to prove myself Um So I do work West Coast hours. I work 12 to sometimes 9 p.m. But I do that because it's worth it. I love my client. I love my work. And I've just learned to adapt to that change. So that was hard, um, especially because most people clock off at 5 or 6, and I'm working till 9. Yeah, but recently that was the biggest challenge for sure.
0: And let's see. We have our next question from Sophia.
1: So you say that you took – it took a year for you to get a job Mm -hmm. after college. Do you think that kind of set you back or it kind of built you up for your career?
2: Yeah. Um, I traveled in that year, not by choice, but because I couldn't find a job. And I think looking back, that was a super fun time. Um, I waitressed, I made some extra money. I prepared myself for moving out of my parents' place and getting my own place. So, I don't regret it. I think it's actually a good idea to take some time off. I think jumping from college into a career, say you're working a nine to five, it's a big shock to your system. I mean, you get an hour lunch break, you're at an office, some jobs, you know, you're sitting at a desk all day, you're sitting down, you're just not used to it. So I think taking some time off to focus on things you love, explore the country a little bit, it
0: can't hurt. You're young. You have a lot of yeah, years to work. So definitely. taking taking that time is a great piece of advice. Maya. Um, so I was wondering, because I looked at your website, and you have a lot of pieces on budgeting. Yeah. And I was wondering if you have any tips for someone who's, like, 18, 19, starting college, like, budgeting-wise?
2: Yeah. So I... Now that I'm almost 32, I take budgeting very seriously. I wish, looking back, I saved some of my money. I st- I wish I started contributing to my retirement early on. Um, that's huge. Even $100 a month um, it could make a huge difference. So I personally love Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but he is a financial guru. He has a podcast. It's a QA. and a and it's very fun to listen to, but people call in with, you know, their real real world problems. I'm $20,000 in debt. What should I do? And he gives good advice. And I think listening to that has really made me realize how important setting yourself up financially, how important that is and how the earlier you start, the better, even if it's $50 a month, um, because... Back in the day when I was spending all my money, I really didn't have anything to show for it, you know? So I want to live comfortably. Um, And again, it's been 10 years and it flew by and I wish I started a lot earlier. So you can create a budget. There's free apps. He has an every dollar app that you can use. But even just tucking some money away and not touching it, um, having a separate savings account um talking to your parents and seeing what they do doing research online there's so many resources for that but the sooner you start the better
0: saving early is so important and if you all decide to take usc 401 we have a whole budget section when you're (laughs) seniors
2: um, as an African American as a woman, I often have to worry about facing discrimination and how I present myself. Like, uh one time I considered getting dreads, but I realized that might jeopardize my opportunities for mm-hmm. jobs. So, um, in the work face, if workforce, if I uh was to face um discrimination or even adversity, how would you say I should deal with that? Hmm. You should definitely report it. Right, cause, but um, that's a good question. I think what I would do is I would, of course, report it to HR because that's not allowed or appropriate ever, but I would also try to stay in my own lane. As I wouldn't lash out, I wouldn't react. Um, everyone's their own person, but I would just try not to let it affect me and just keep on doing what you're doing hopefully you report it and it kind of trickles down and they get what they asked for. Um, But of course you want to speak up. Don't silence yourself. You want to make it known. You want people to know that's not okay. Don't gossip of course, but tell the people that should know and hope that they do the appropriate action. And if they don't, maybe that's not a workplace you want to be in. Right. Um, There's always another job and you want to feel comfortable and safe and,
0: respected where you work 100 percent. and you touched a little bit on like how you dress and how you present yourself and I know that's one thing Ali's an, uh, an expert on how can we show as women our femininity mm-hmm. and also be professional based on the industry we go into
2: yeah, so thankfully for vans, um, it's very casual, so I can wear this to work. You can wear jeans, but I think what's important is if you interview, see what other people are wearing. Of course, there's—I think I believe most jobs have dress codes in the contract, but um, or the job description. But see how people are dressed around you. Um, kind of mock that, but put your own twist on it. I mean, I love color, even though it's not obvious. But I love prints and patterns and kind of taking a risk. But I never dress inappropriately because I want people to respect me and um, know that I can do my job. And I don't want my outfit to take away from that. So I would get a good
0: sense of how other people dress and put your own spin on it. Thank you. And we have time for one final question in our podcast today. So you mentioned having um, multiple different jobs. So what would you say that you value most in a company?
2: To me, it's culture. Um, being nine years into my career, I I do best when I'm not being micromanaged. There's not someone over my shoulder checking on my work and, um, you know, asking me what I did for the last hour, or what I've been doing, or if I did XYZ. I like to just have a list of tasks I have to do that day and get them done on my own time. Um, Culture, getting along with my peers is so important. I don't necessarily need to go after and get dinner with them after work, but I want to be friends with them too. I want to enjoy going into my work, you know, my workplace, um, working from home gets a little boring, but you know, I like to message my coworkers and ask them how their weekend was. And I want to feel comfortable and feel like they're a family. I mean, you're with them 40 hours a week. You should love the people that you work with. Um, I always said pay is not important to me. Um, I don't take a job based on money. I take a job on, will I learn something from it. Will it be good for my career? And will I enjoy working there? That's more important to me. Um, Because if you budget, money doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And also, someone told me once that it's not where you work, it's who you work with. So I completely agree. It's who you surround yourself with that makes working not seem like work. Yeah, exactly. So that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much, Allie Lacchiato, for joining us. It's been lovely hearing all of your professional advice. And it is AllieWares.com. Yeah, AllieWares.com. That's right. So um, all the listeners out there, give her a look. She has some great advice, some some good tips out there. So thank you and signing off. Thank you.
0: The NC State Career Development Center prepares and empowers students to identify and pursue their career goals. Stop by Pullen Hall to learn more. Thank you for listening to Wolfpack Career Chats and we hope to see you around campus. Have a pack day.